To support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Once again, positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Thank you and enjoy the program. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by PB and Joey. Simple, honest, and delicious. Go to pbandjoey.com for more information. $35 or more gets you free shipping. That's pbandjoey.com for more information. pbandjoey.com. Jay here, PositiveSarcasm.com, streaming live from the Spare Parts Studios. Happy Wednesday, everybody. I'll get straight to the point. Whether it is, um, whether it's a conspiracy or whether it's legit or if there's major health concerns or not or if it's all just one big giant marketing campaign, uh, I'm not going to lie to you. This thing is affecting the markets. It's affecting communities. It's affecting office environments. It's affecting everything. It's it's upon us. This whole virus thing is if it if it scares the market, it's real. Regardless of whether it's going to kill you or not, or it's going to hurt your family members, this it, the panic is already there. So forget about whatever uh, your biases or whatever your thoughts or feelings are when it comes to whether or not you're going to get sick, whether or not this thing is actually for real. The fact is is that. Everybody else is reacting to it. So my advice to you is just hunker down. If you don't have to go to the movie theaters, order Netflix, order Hulu, uh, or, you know, have something delivered to you, order, st- order DVDs online if you want. If you don't have to go to the grocery store or you want to go uh, during low, out, low, po- uh, low population hours, go ahead. If you don't want to go to work, be- stay home. If you don't want to go to town hall or go to voting booths or whatever, stay home because you're just going to be dealing with the people who are panicking too much and the people reacting to the panic. And at this point, when you you can trade stocks online and you can order food online, not saying like Grubhub or anything like that because I don't know how sanitary that is, but there are certain things. I mean, personally, I would think it would be safer to, just as safe to go to the grocery store than it would be to... Uh, order online through like Grubhub or Domino's because you still don't know who's gil- delivering your food. But the idea that this thing is upon us now, the WHO has officially declared this a pandemic. Okay, I get it. Thousands of people, thousands of people die every year from the standard flu, the Spanish flu, I think is what it was called, or whatever. The fact is that people are di- people have died for that. Th- this thing is transmittable through the air like the regular flu and it's hurting a lot of and it's causing a lot of upper respiratory failure. So it is a, but it, the above all else it is affecting communities. It's stopping a lot of production. It's just basically sent on top of all the other issues we were having this sent the stock market into a spiral. Okay, it's caused a lot of halts on the Robinhood app. The Robinhood app has gone down at least 3 times so far in the past 2 weeks. Okay, it's sent people who are not really knowledgeable of the situation into a tailspin. And my advice to you as a intelligent thinking and a rational thinking human being, avoid it. If you just don't want to be bothered with it and you don't want to hear it, maybe you're at your work or in your car, 
or on the radio or at the grocery store or in a store or just in general. There's many ways for you to ignore all of it. Take some time off. Work from home. Start your own business. Think of Take it like a rainy day. At this point, since it is considered a pandemic, you are much more free with your concerns about it to take some time for yourself. I wouldn't, I, I, I don't panic. And this is not a, this is not a, a situation of me panicking. Um, I, I already stated a couple weeks ago that the fact is, is there's high possibility that you or somebody in your family is going to get it. Uh, how it got here, it, it's, it's a crazy People from cruise ships, people from traveling uh, via plane, borders, everything. This, was, this wasn't preventable. Once it was out there in the masses of China, once it was out there, it was on its way over here. And whether it's going to kill you or not, which I don't think it, it isn't, I don't think it is, it's here. There's nothing you can do about it. But there is many ways for you to once this thing is contained in the next 60 to 90 days and it's just another and it's just another hell scare. My advice to you is just just take this moment in time to consolidate. Get your get out your notebook. Watch get out your notebook and start writing the things that you want to write. Start looking at the things online that you want to do, the places that you want to visit once this uh, whole thing dies down. Start booking tickets now. Maybe maybe ticket prices for certain things have dropped. Maybe this is your chance to score some deals on some things that maybe you've been wanting to do but you really couldn't afford at this time. Maybe go ahead and do um, get some exercising. The gyms have been really quiet. My gym has been extraordinarily quiet for the most part. So And everything is being cleaned on the regular. Every commercial facility that has health and wellness standards uh, is being cleaned on the regular, sanitized. So expect much cleaner environments. Uh, as far as like, you know, if you wanted to go out for Szechuan or sushi or Chinese food, I don't know about that, but this is a, it's, it's a time where you have to take everybody else's concerns seriously. And that's it. And it's a, it's a great time for you to just kind of hang back, wait for this thing to blow over, take care of your home, make, take care of yourself and the people in your family. And that's it. Because this thing is, whether it is a fatal, you know, illness, a virus, or if it's just a flu that is just a more of a pain in the ass that refuses to go away, and the only way to actually get rid of it is to self-contain, we have to address it. We have to take care of it. You have to take care of yourself. And let's face it, you don't want to be that asshole who you don't know if you have it or not, and then you go out and you pollute somebody else's environment. And then you fuck up their day. Because this has everything to do. The, de- the dental hygienist that you had an appointment for today, maybe, they have it. The person that was going to serve you their, your, their food, the person at the restaurant that was going to serve you your food, they may have it. The school where your little girl goes to class, teacher might have it. You're going to go to the DMV and renew your license. The administrative assistant there might have it. So, you know what? Hang back. This is the one time that it's good to have a studio, a spare part studio like this. It's safe here. I don't got to worry about nothing. There's no zombies coming through my door. But is my advice to you at this point is to take care of you 
and to hang back and let this thing pass over. Do not make any other rash decisions other than just saying, I'm going to hang back, wait for this thing to blow over, and then when the, when the sun starts to shine and this thing hopefully goes away and hopefully we send the bill to China, from there, pick up the pieces. Watch the stock market. If you want to buy right now, you can. Maybe when the stock market starts to relieve itself, you'll make a little money on the upturn. Because that's what, that's what a lot of people are doing right now. Warren Buffett is buying a ton of stock in Delta right now. Stocks are plummeting. Some are going up, but most of them are going down. Now's a good time to buy if you want. Now's a good time to refinance. Do, do anything that you can online. And then when the, this, this, the clouds clear and this whole shit show, uh, you know, go from there. Just This is the one thing where you just kind of want to hang back. Do things on your own. Don't do take this, do take this seriously. Definitely take this one seriously. Okay, it's not something to be fucked with. This isn't just your regular flu, and the regular flu sucks enough. But this isn't just your regular flu. This or, there is something real to this where it is affecting the market and sending everybody into a panic. Whether it was orchestrated or not, this is a mess, and we have to deal with it now. And it starts by you just kind of staying out of the mix and letting things take its court, take their course. And then we'll go from there. My name is Jay. This is PositiveSarcasm.com. This is the live stream to the podcast. You can find me on Instagram at Positive underscore Sarcasm, Facebook.com slash POS Sarcasm. You can also be my friend at Facebook.com slash POS Sarcasm. Uh, a little late to the podcast today. I wanted to throw everything together. I also decided today I didn't want to have any coffee. Uh, so I went ahead and grabbed myself a little wild tonic kombucha, which is actually to this date is now my favorite kombucha. It has overtaken the other one, which was the cherry tart flavor, which was a lifesaver. But I got to admit this, uh, wild tonic June kombucha made with organic honey, blackberry mint. It's quite tasty. No, they didn't pay me for this. I just like drinking it. Mm. It's expensive, but it's good. Anyways, saying the podcast, um, Oh, you know what? I wanted to get, I just saw this before I jumped in the podcast. Uh, you guys, you guys know my opening intro song if you listen to the podcast. And the this is this article is from uh, World Preview, World Preview, W I P I. Yeah, WorldEPview.com. What the fuck is that? World Intellectual Property Review. The Misfits sue art publisher over signature skull design. Uh, punk band The Misfits have sued the publisher Abrams, alleging misappro- misappropriation of the group's signature artwork for a coffee table book. The company, the complaint was filed by Misfits AD, a company establishing, established by founding members of the band Glenn Danzig and Jerry Only to manage activities related to their reformed version of the band. band blah, blah. Danzig and Only, who currently perform at the original Misfits, accused Abrams of reproducing the band's friend's uh, fiend skull design registered with the U.S. Copyright Office. Uh, so, yeah, I guess... Um, Abrams' unauthorized copying of the friend's skull marked as the main image of the cover book is likely to cause confusion and lead consumers to mistakenly believe that Abrams and the book are endorsed, approved, or sponsored by, or affiliated, connected, and associated with Misfits AD, the complaint said. The band's the band has accused Abrams of both copyright and trademark infringement as well as false designation of origin. All right. I'm going to tell you right now, the Misfits... Do not in any way, shape, or form endorse, condone, approve, support, sponsor this podcast. I really just use their song because it's a fucking awesome song. And then simply is that. And I'm going to keep using it 
because the song is 40 years old. So don't know what else to tell you, bro. Gonna keep using it. I love the song, and that's it. I don't give a shit what Spotify is doing. If Spotify... Spotify to- told Joey Diaz's the, the Church of What's Happening Now podcast that they need to stop using music on their podcast or they're going to kick them off Spotify. Well, guess what? Well, you can do that to me. I'll leave Spotify. I don't care. Podcasts to me should be completely uh, unfiltered, unfiltered content. That's what makes podcasts so great. They should be 100% unfucked with. The fact is a podcast is, n- is not a distribution of music. It is a distribution of free of a, a free expression. Now, if that expression is designed with music in mind or with other content in mind, that's one thing. The only thing I think would be in poor taste is if I was re-recording or redistributing another podcast without their written permission. Other than that, if you want to tack on a little uh, music at the end or if you wanted to intro with a little music, that's different. I think that's completely doable as long as you're not doing anything illegal. Um, but yeah, I like the song. I think it kind of personifies what I'm trying to do here on this podcast. And um, I like originally after week 100, I switched from Cypress's Hill, Insane in the Brain. I don't think it. Um, don't get me wrong, love the song. But I don't think it quite fits what I'm doing here on this podcast. So I switched this. I just love the beat. It gets me in the mood. It's quick. It's to the point. So I switched to that. I'm like, that just makes more sense to me. But Glenn Danzig and Mr. Only do not endorse, support, or sponsor this podcast in any way, shape, or form. I just use the song. I think it's dope. And it's simple as that. And uh, yeah. So if you want to know more about the band Misfits, just go ahead and Google them. M-I-S. F-I-T-S, uh, lead singer is Glenn Danzig. They got a bunch of like two-minute punk songs, Where Eagles Dare, Skull, uh, one, uh, 138. They got a ton of songs uh, that are like, they were punk hits. So go ahead and just Google them. Go ahead and, go and find them on Apple, uh, um, Apple Music or whatever, iTunes. Go ahead and download them and look them up on friggin' on YouTube and shit. They're they're a great punk rock band. In my opinion, they're probably their music is better than the Ramones. So that's I just figured I would. I think it was funny since I I use that song in particular that they're now suing this uh, this publishing company. But hey, I don't know. Just, I just thought I'd shed a little light on 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 that situation. But I do have a bunch of uh, articles and stuff today. I had some. Uh, um. I was writing last night about um, a, a, a theme. I don't know if I'm necessarily going to call it that, but about the birth of the trickster. Um, a trickster isn't born. I just that's some random notes that I wanted to share with you. Maybe I'll use them on. Maybe I'll use it on like a, a a video that I'm working on or whatnot. But if you guys ever saw Week 61, The Incomplete Trickster, it was about it was about just going out there and trying to do something, even if you do it poorly, especially for the first time, and you get better at it as you continue to work on it. It's just that the first time you do something, it's going to suck every time. So this plays out to like the birth of it. This is like an origin story to that whole uh, video that I did, which was a concept that I didn't think was what was put together well. I didn't. It was the words of Jordan Peterson that made the video what it is. But besides that, the video didn't quite click. And that was my cinematography was not as good back then. Uh, It was definitely off significantly. It was a lot of it was just. 
it was a mess, but there was something to that mess that allowed me to be a better uh, cinematographer. But The Birth of the Trickster was some notes that I wrote last night. And it basically says, actually, it doesn't even start right here. I actually, I did, I think I went a solid two pages, three pages with it. All right. Um, this is for some of you people that's just taken into account. So let me take a sip of my kombucha here. Mm. God, this stuff goes quick. So, all right. Let's see. Sitting in an office every day, listening to people and their stupid problems. Problems that are either easy to fix, remedied poorly, or are a figment of their own fragile imagination. You want out, but you're afraid. Not afraid of if you fail or when or how many times that you fail, but what those people will say when you do. Those people can be family, friends, coworkers, community members. Uh, you're frightened of people to, what did I say? You're frightened of people think of you, let's see, more than your own death. Yeah, you're fright. Okay, it's people are more afraid of public speaking than their own death. And this comment states, "You're frightened of people. You're frightened. You're more frightened of what people will think of you than your own death." I think that was well put together, right? Right. Okay. So insert the birth of the trickster. A trickster isn't born of a, a trickster isn't born when they start something new. A trickster is born when he or she ignores those around him or her. Each and every day. Every attempt to try again, they criticize. They mock. They tell you what they heard in the news or what their parents told them. All this information is useless. So if you ignore the idiots long enough, they'll eventually stop talking to you. For one reason or another. Maybe they'll think you're crazy. They were never your audience anyways. So why would you be listening to them? You know, they'll say, as far as them going out and do something, they have their own excuses. The weather was bad. The news mentioned something. Your job is requesting overtime. Your joints hurt. My back hurts. My kids, I got to pick my kids up from school. These are all excuses. They're stalling. When you want to become something, you have to forego virtually everything. Everything. Sleep. Even though I prefer sleep, but Sleep, so you got to set a timer. Friends, fun, love. You have to start now, though. Whether you're, 70, whether you're 70 or 17, if you can walk, talk, and think, you have a chance. Well, even if you can't walk, I mean, you can still do stuff. I mean, you know, don't want don't to label everybody out. But anyways, okay, I'm rambling. Your job was designed by somebody else. The job that you go to every, every day. That job was designed by somebody else and will eventually... They will cast you aside, whether for automated purposes or maybe you just don't fit the role or they found somebody cheaper. They will eventually cast you aside. So do you want to be a victim of this tragic tale or the savior in your own life? If you don't need it, sell it. If it distracts you, throw it away. However, it may empower you to just destroy it, leaving you free to travel your own road. A road you built yourself. Do whatever it takes to build that road. It'll be your greatest achievement. That knowing that you're one day in your life, one day knowing that one day your own life is your own and you answer to no one. Don't tell me who you are. Show me what you can do. I'll tell you when that happens 
who you are. So do you want to die in a cubicle or do you want to live on your feet? Go forth and become the savior. Your journey as a trickster awaits you. So the idea that if you want to become something, if you truly understand what it's like to be your own boss, your own human, your own savior, you have to start now. You have to start now. But you have to have some knowledge of what you want to do. You got to sit down and you got to write. Okay, you can't just, you got to put your phone on mute. You got to put your auto reply on. You got to go, the first thing I would recommend, if you're going to start your own life, your own business or something like that, you got to have a spot for yourself. Strictly for you. No one else. No one else can be in that spot. No one can distract you in that spot. If you have a home office, that's your spot. If you don't have a home office, you need to create one. No one can go in there. No kids, no dog, no family members, no wife, no kids, no husband, none. It's your spot. It's your quiet spot to put on a little music and literally just start writing. Get out your ideas. Get everything out of your head first. Once you get everything out of your head first, then the ideas start to come together. You write down everything in your head. You write until you're exhausted. And then you go and you see what is on there as far as topics, things that you can come up with, things that you can maybe pursue farther down the road, things that interest you as far as hobbies, things that interest you as far as, far as business uh, acumen, uh, business uh, ventures, people that can maybe assist you in those ventures, or maybe, and the way I recommend it, going it alone. Rating them as far as how much it could possibly cost. And if you don't know, guess off the top of your head. How long will it take to achieve those uh, dreams? How much money do you think? Your best guess. Rate them on, a, on, a, on difficulty. And then peace out, put together the list of programs and, and websites and products and tools that you're going to need to put that shit together. And then you st and then from there you start, okay, what am I going to do tomorrow? And you're going to have three things each day that you're going to put together. Number one, you're going to start with that room. Any room. Doesn't matter what it is. It's going to need a computer. It's going to need to be comfy. And it's got to be quiet. If it's not quiet, you can't think. And if you can't think, you can't write. And if you can't write, you've got nothing. Nothing. So you go from there. Once you get those three things done, you write down how it benefited you. You figure out, okay, what else can I do from this point? All right, great. And don't expect your office or your studio to be perfect the first time. It won't be. When I first started, when I first moved to the studio, there was barely anything in it. There was no po there was no posters or anything like that on the wall. There's still more to come. And you'd be surprised what fits your what fits your style as far as what you can put in your studio. The things that just the interesting ideas once you start to put it together. And it's amazing who will you you'd be surprised who sees it. And they ask questions about it. But anybody who's going to give you negative thoughts when you're trying to pr pursue these avenues of opportunity, of passion, of dreams, of hobbies, of potentially making money and turning this into your own career, you got to ignore the negative people. And you don't have to necessarily t necessarily tell them that you're be that they're being negative. 
You just kind of have to let them go their own way. Stop returning their phone calls. Just kind of move them along in your life. You don't need to be wasting time even telling them that they're being negative. Anything that wastes your time. And then learn how to increment your time. How to allocate it. How do you allocate your time? Well, obviously start with hours. You don't start with days. You know you know how many hours you have during your time tomorrow. And I mean tomorrow. You're not going to start today. Today you're going to think about it. And it's going to stew in your head. You're going to go to sleep tonight. You're going to be di- you're going to be tired, but it's going to be in your head and you're going to wake up. Then you're going to come home and then you're going to then you're going to then you're going to look at it. You're going to take those you're going to put those three things together. You are going to do it. Because you have to understand, nobody has the time to start a business. Nobody. You have to make the time to start the business. You have to make the time to uh, drag this drag this chair into this room, take this computer, update the RAM, change out the solid the, the old hard drive to a solid state to make it faster. What are you gonna drink? What are you uh, What are you gonna dr- drink while you're uh, uh, a drink that puts you in the mood? Not food, because food will make you tired. But what drink are you gonna have by your side while you're pursuing these drinks dreams? Uh, uh, what computers, what gear, what coloring, what lighting, you know, the, uh, um, what are you going to have around you to, uh, at, you know, what would it help you pursue a, cre- a creative endeavor? Like I have a lot of cool stuff in here. I've got cameras, I got TVs, I got shiny pictures, I've got drones, um, stuff that just, you know, it's like, cool, I'm in here. Let's be productive. Stuff that, uh, so, you know, allows you to be productive, supports the productive lifestyle. It's uncomfortable to be sitting in a chair sometimes, not in, and and not knowing what to say at times. Or like when I first started the studio, I was just in a chair in a room. There wasn't really really anything to look at behind me. And I well back then I wasn't really live stream. I was live streaming on Twitch. Twitch didn't work out really. And then I moved it over here and I designed something that would visually be like, okay, there's something to look at. My content is built up enough to where I can now live stream on two different platforms. Let's go this route. And then as you learn by doing, that situation is going to make it's going to make so much easier. You'll learn by doing and then and that's less money you have to shell out to somebody else to do it for you. I strongly suggest that you just learn by doing. And you all have to make it, once you learn how to allocate the time on an hourly basis to doing these things, it's like, okay, well, I did that in an hour. Can I shave that down to 40 minutes? And you take that objective every day and you shave it down to 40 minutes. Okay, well, all right, I can set up uh, this podcast in 40 minutes. Can you set it up in 20 minutes then? 10 minutes. Now, that's a question you'd ask me, maybe. Can I have this podcast running in 10 minutes? Two different streaming platforms, one recording, one audio recording platform, and all of my articles. Yes. The only thing that takes longer is making the coffee. That's it. That's the only thing. So can I have this whole podcast live stream with recording ready to go in 10 minutes? Yes. How long does it normally take for me to get ready? 30. I have the coffee going. I'm researching the articles. I'm making sure that I have a plan of attack 
Like today is a little out of shape because I'm not drinking my coffee per normal. So I'm trying something different. I got the coronavirus there blowing up my stock market right now and crushing the Robinhood app. So I have that. I had that to think about. And it, the weather's changing. So I'd rather just be out in my convertible driving around. So I'm taking all these things into account. But I have a responsibility to myself to get this information out here. And I'm not always going to be like, let's get to this article and get to this article and get to this article. Sometimes I want to free ball. Sometimes I just want to spew thoughts. It doesn't have to be perfect every time. Sometimes I just want to let the the words fall out of my head and see if it forms a sentence. See if it forms something that not only that I can utilize, but you guys can utilize. It doesn't have to be perfect. Okay? this I'm not the voice of reason. I'm just a voice. But there may, may be some things that I say or do that resonate with you that allow you to maybe go out and do some things that you want to do. And I would love for you guys to be a part of it. I'd love for you. I'd want more input from you guys about how you allocate your time in order to start your own business. If you need investors or if you have, if you're in a roadblock somewhere and you're trying to figure something out, it only, I mean, it does take, it takes way longer than months. It takes years. Okay. It could take a decade, but once you learn how to allocate that time, okay, 20 minutes podcast is ready to go. Boom. How long does it take to edit it? Mine takes about 30 minutes. I could probably have it. I could probably, if I had faster uh, recording software, I could probably have this thing edited in five minutes, edited and uploaded in five to 10 minutes. But it takes a little longer because I have some older gear. But that's fine. No big deal. Um, so in that case, everything's done within two hours and up, a, new, a new segment is up. Great. Perfect. What's next? What do I do after that? Well, I move on to food. I move on to uh, turning off all this computer, saving electricity. That's another thing. When you go and do something and you start a new hobby or you start a new company or something like that, you tend to end up with a mess. If you're in the woodworking shop or you're into culinary arts or starting a podcast, well, it requires time, it requires energy, it requires materials. And generally, a lot of time, you end up with a giant mess. I have one, two, three, four, five computers running right now. Five computers running right now. Some of them requiring electricity. What do you do? Well, once you're done editing, once you're done recording, two of the, one of them, one, two, three of them got to get shut off to preserve electricity because that money, that saved cash is going to help you, your resources get allocated to something that you knew, do need. If you need an upgrade or something breaks or you, more coffee. So you take the, you learn how to allocate and do and fuck up a little bit less each time so you become super efficient with what you do. And then once all these computers are off, and the, or these last two are on, to edit and upload, after that, these get turned off as well, and the whole studio gets shut down unless I'm doing some other work, like video editing or, or sitting with a client. And then I move on to the next thing. And you just try to allocate as tight as you can. Not to the point where you're getting nervous and you're, and you're starting to make mistakes, but you leave those little buffers so you can take your time editing to so make sure that the quality is good. And then from there, you, you get back to writing. You get back to researching. Researching and writing should be a part of, of your everyday experience. 
your everyday experience of trying to find new ideas, new topics, new content, new ways of making your business, your hobby, your passion. That's every day. Finding new mu- For me, finding new music and finding new articles and finding new Q&As, that's my everyday task. I never skip a day, ever. I've always got a few minutes of my time. I've always got music. No, now I've got plenty of time. I can always be researching and I have always I have several avenues of finding content that best suits me. Now, due to recent, you know, health reasons, uh, I'm not having anybody in the studio uh, so that we can, you know, so that when this thing passes over, I'll maybe have guests in. But for now, kind of leaving it down here. Do it all myself, not stress anybody to come on here and, and have that risk. It's not worth that. But I can do it all myself. I've learned how to do it over uh, 150 episodes, I guess, at this point. 120, 130, 140. So I've learned how to do that. So I can handle it. It's fine. I got a bunch of articles. I never get to all the articles. But I'm just saying, like, once you get to learning how to allocate your time and you become super efficient at these at, at it, take the next step. Try some new things that maybe may or may not will work. And then see what fits. It's like when a comedian finishes his set, tries to come up with new material, tries it on the audience. Some stuff works, some stuff doesn't. Some stuff needs time to develop. You take some of that stuff and you work on it and you hone it. And then some of it becomes final product. After that, it's like you come up with a prototype for anything. And then you get some advice. You try it out and you fine tune it. You go back to the drawing board, take some things off, add some things on. That's what you do. That's the whole process. Just trying to shape your the people, the folks who are listening, trying to shape your mind so that you are in the mindset to create, not destroy, to create a life for yourself that doesn't require answering to any other supervisor. Because there's no better feeling than having to walk in to an office and send an email putting in your two weeks notice. That'll be the best email you ever send. So do yourself a favor and start now. Like I said, if no matter if you're 17 or 70, if you can walk, talk, and, and think, you have a chance. So I just wanted to relay that to you. Some free thinking for the day. Give it a whirl. And I'll, I will repeat this uh, this this free thinking segment of exactly of, of, of a very similar mindset to you uh, every couple of weeks to remind you that you are capable uh, of living a better life for yourself and the people around you simply by being creative and letting your thoughts flow onto paper and then come to life. You can support yourself without having to how st- without having to clock in for a job. You are capable. You just don't. Realize it or have not put it into practice yet. It does take a long time. Yes, the younger you are, the better chance you have. But if you start and then you allocate a lot of time to it and you get a direction towards what you want to do, it will work. It will work. There is a demand for you out there. And it doesn't require you having to go into an office every single day. So, we, uh, like I said, so if you want to support this little platform of mine, you can go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. I also want to talk about if you, uh, this is about health and wellness because this sort of thing kind of annoys me. 
Like if I'm going to tell if I, I want to tell you about um if you are going to do something. If I was to do something like for for example, I don't know, if I was going to be into health and wellness. I'll tell you, you know, I'll, I'll tell you my health, I'll tell you my regimen, how hard I work, what my off season looks like, and what supplements I use. Okay. Anybody who knows me, I used to be a competitive fitness athlete. I, 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 I competed in the NPC, which is a league that doesn't test, but I was a natural athlete. Okay. I competed against guys who took all kinds of steroids. Now, I was just my own personal preference. I didn't want to take anything because I didn't think I'd be responsible enough with that type of stuff. First of all, it's expensive. And number two, I wasn't in the right frame of mind to even consider using that stuff. And to this day, I have a healthy body and a much healthier mind and I don't have to use that stuff. But I, I, what annoys me is when you look at Hollywood and I've had this article come up before and it's coming up again. And the fact that they just don't talk about it is what annoys the piss out of me because I can clearly see that it's bullshit. So when they talk about like the Avengers and they talk about DC Comics and all these guys who get jacked and these women too who get jacked for roles or super healthy for roles, they don't talk about the stuff behind it. So, and it makes a difference because when people are lied to and they say, oh, it's all about, uh, you know, what you eat and how hard you work, that is a huge factor, yes. But you have to also take into account what these supplements, these performance enhancing supplements do in this turnaround time. There's a huge amount of effects and they have, when you use PEDs, there is significant health risks when you use them. Now, I know a lot of people who use them and they're perfectly, they're healthy, okay? But these people, a lot of them have studied for a long time on how to use them. They understand the health benefits. They understand the risks. They understand the outcome. They understand the cycling, cycling on and off of these products. So they, and they, they understand a lot of the risks and reward with these things. And when a company, especially Men's Health Magazine, which has an article on Kamal Nanjiani, who is getting ready for, uh, he's going to be in a, 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 a Marvel movie. They talk about all the food that he eats. They talk about his workout regimen and his turnaround time, which is one year, basically. They don't talk about, and he doesn't talk about, the performance-enhancing drugs. It annoys me every single time this comes up. If they would just talk about it and let people know this is what he's doing. I mean, you look at Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Dwayne The Rock Johnson is a PED user, okay? You don't get that jacked without juicing up all the steroids. However, Dwayne works out very hard. He eats very strictly, okay? And he embraces sleep and family. Those, all those combined make him the hard worker that he is. But he would not be as big and as shredded as he is if he was not using performance-enhancing drugs, okay? And to not explain that and to be honest about it, which he is, but to not ex- but as far as this Men's Health magazine and all the other magazine- magazines that are written about Kamal Nanjiani and all these other Hollywood actors, especially Ben Affleck when he did Batman, it's misleading, it's harmful. And anything that misleads is harmful. Anything in the news misleads, doesn't tell the truth, skews the truth. That's misleading. That's not good. That's not healthy. So it talks about uh, Kamal Nanjiani. He tries vegan salmon, cashew cheese, and other disgusting healthy foods. Okay. 
So let's see here. The summer comedian come on Dungeon will pick up cops and killers. Da, 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 da. I don't even like. So he talks about eating smoked salmon. He talks about let's see. He smells. He gags. He drinks it anyway. Blah blah blah. Final challenge. This was not the article I wanted from later, from earlier, but it's in here anyways. So within one year, he first of all, his body type, Kamal Nanjiani's body type is very small. He is a, he's like me, I think. He's an ectomorph, but he's in his mid-30s, okay? In your mid-30s, for a male, your testosterone begins to drop drastically, all right? You're no longer in the prime. Once you hit your mid to late 30s, you're no longer in the prime of your, the prime of your testosterone, Okay, you're starting to dip. Now, also, compared to Kamal Nanjiani, I was already in really good shape. Kamal was not in any shape. He had no muscle mass. He was not healthy at all. He had a dad bod. Okay. And then all of a sudden, one year later, he's got traps, shredded biceps, uh, massive, massive vascularity in his arms. He's got deltoids for his shoulders. He's got a, st- a sh- ridiculous stretch-marked sh- six-pack abs. All right, and he's got a massive chest. And he packs on 10 pounds of muscle in one year? Okay. That's that's testosterone replacement therapy. So that's TRT. So he takes synthetic testosterone in order to up his testosterone count, which helps with caloric intake which helps with burning body fat, which helps with muscle re- with muscle th- synthesis. You take human growth hormone. You take things like Tren and DECA. These are old school, uh, D- uh, maybe not Deanabol, but definitely De- DECA and Tren, things that are specifically designed for uh, reducing the loss of body mass and keeping you lean while building muscle. Without taking these supplements, if you don't take these supplements, a 160-pound guy will not have 10, 8 to 12% body fat and be as jacked as Kamal Nanjiani is. That's just, it's not possible. You would have to be a physical anomaly, especially in your mid to late 30s as he is. That's misleading. 100%. Any... Any uh, subject matter expert worth a shit will tell you the exact same thing. And he will give you most likely the three supplements that I told you. Three of the, I just named what, four? I'll say Tren, DECA, TRT, and some type of other growth hormone that he's absolutely taking to turn one year where he's like 170-something pounds at 10% body fat. Now, Hollywood actors... And Marvel Studios and all those other groups, they have access to the best nutritionists, the best endocrinologists, the best fitness trainers, and all the and all the gyms that you could possibly imagine. But it's not going to make a damn bit of difference if he wants to look like that. You can Google it. If he wants to look like that in one year, not happening. Even two years, maybe. Now, when you start working out really, really hard for the very first time, your body goes under some significant changes, and you can look really, really good. But you're not going to look 170 pounds when you're ten, when you go down 10 pounds. We are 10 pounds lighter, but you go up 10 pounds in strictly body mass, and it's all or all lean muscle. It's not happening. It isn't happening. 
In order to pack on a serious amount of body mass, you have to put on body fat. Now, if you're really smart and you count your calories properly and you understand your macros and things like that, yes, you can put on a little bit of fat and you'll put on a whole lot of muscle. You won't put on 10 pounds of muscle. Think of that. Go to the grocery store and order a pound of roast beef. Then go to the grocery store and order 10 pounds of roast beef. And imagine that all as lean muscle mass. In one year, not possible. Not without juicing. Not without taking synthetic material. TRT, human growth hormone, Tren, DECA. And the much bigger guys, Deanabol, uh, and just you know insulin spiking, other items altogether. Now, if they would just tell us what they were running and how they were running it, I mean, obviously they don't want to, you know, they maybe their 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 thing is is that they don't want to uh, promote that to youths. Well, it's not going to help that you're lying to them. It's not going to help that you're lying to them. They're going to get discouraged. If you're going to go and be a superhero and you're going to take all kinds of shit like Chris Evans did, like maybe Thor did, Chris Hemsworth, I'm pretty sure he did. Chris Evans definitely did. Ben Affleck definitely did. You got to tell the truth. You have to tell the truth. It's important. You can't just say, oh, it's this vegan cheese or this fucking kale or I was eating chicken breasts and shrimp and ro- and steak a lot. No, it has nothing to do with it. It's all steroids, 100%. 100%. You're not getting that. You're not looking like fucking Tom Cruise on the beach without getting jacked. You were a dad bod on a TV show, and now all of a sudden you're a fucking a, an Avenger type person? I don't think so. I don't think so. All right. I don't care what anybody says. You got to be honest. And it starts with you telling us what you were taking. And that, and believe me, Marvel Studios has all the cash in the world, so they they just throw money at him. He'll probably go to Dwayne, or he'll go to the guy who plays uh, uh, what's his face, the green guy from the Gal- Guardians of the Galaxy, and he'll go to him and be like, "Where do you get your shit?" They'd be like, "I know a guy," and they got plenty of those trainers with those uh, Mexican supplements that you have access to. They just don't talk about it. It's just like in the Olympia, all the bodybuilders they don't talk about it. In the regular, the reason they don't talk about it openly on the regular platforms is because the regular platforms, the public platforms, they don't understand. So justifiably so, they don't talk about it. But when they go on to like Maximum Fitness or are you know there are certain uh, uh, bodybuilding forums that totally understand what they're taking and they discuss it openly on those forums. But for the most part, no, they don't. They don't talk about it. But the people that deny it, it's like, at this point, who are you kidding? We know. Like Dana Lynn Bailey. Dana Lynn Bailey is this little adorable former uh, fitness champion. God damn it. She was, she's juiced the nines. She has a massive chest plate, giant shoulders, and just outright deny that she took steroids. We know. It's fine. It's fine. We know. You just got to be honest. You got to tell us the truth. It helps. There's no reason why you shouldn't lie. The cover-up is always worse than the crime. And in this case, there's not much of a crime, if any at all. But when you lie about it, it only makes it worse. It only makes it worse when there was nothing. And it'll make something that was nothing 
worse. So in this point, any number to the zero power is one. So if it was nothing, why would you lie about it? Just tell the truth. Yeah. Yeah, I took some shit. What about it? I wanted to look jacked for the role. Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman is Hugh Jackroyd. Sylvester Stallone. He's on shit every day. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Still taking steroids. Oh, he's vegan. Sylvester Stallone is not vegan. Sylvester Stallone uh, still eats meat. Okay, and probably still has to take some type of TRT-related supplement in order to keep his, uh, in order to keep his his shit flowing. Okay, he has to. He doesn't have a choice. You have to at that. You have to at that point when you've taken so much, and you were like a seven-time Olymp- Mr. Olympia. You gotta keep taking it because your your stuff don't work anymore. When you take it for that long, your stuff doesn't work anymore, and you have to continuously take it for the rest of your life. And that's another thing they don't tell you about. So Kamal Nanjiani needs to take that into account. So when he talks about and he goes on men's health and men's fitness and, and Cosmopolitan magazine and, and whatever, and he talks to all these people, he says he's got to tell them. He's got to tell these people, yeah, these are the risks involved when you want to be big in Hollywood and you want to be working on these Marvel films. You got to tell them that these risks, this is the risks you take when you do it. These are the risks you take it when you do it. He doesn't have to blow Harvey Weinstein, but he does have to inject his ass with a little bit of uh, testosterone. He's got to do that shit. This is part of the plan. He's got to take some Anavar. He's got to take some performance-enhancing drugs in order to look that good. He's got to do it. So just do yourself a favor. Be a little honest. It'll make the whole process a little bit easier. And you know what? In the long run, it will make the process a lot safer. So... I want to finish up with one Q, a couple Q&A, and then we're going to close up shop for the day. Also, like I said, if you want to support this podcast and you want to prevent me from getting the coronavirus, you can go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Also, shout out to everybody on the live stream, facebook.com slash sarcasm. Alexis, shout out to you. Uh, and then, of course, Mexico! What up, Mexico? And then uh, I loved your Rio Grande. And then uh, also... YouTube, subscribe to my YouTube channels, YouTube uh, Positive Sarcasm and Positive Sarcasm Podcast. Let's get to the Q&A. Uh, sorry if I don't speak Spanish, but uh, not Aloha. What's the other one? Whatever. Hi. <laughs> Anyways, we'll skip the Elon Musk shit. Let's get right to the Q&A. I babbled for long enough. I got some good Q&As in here. All right, here we go. Was it mean to pretend... I wanted to kiss a friend I know has a crush on me as a prank. I'm really good friends with this guy. We're both 20. We pull little pranks at each other each and all the time. We both started working at the same place, so we see each other a lot more. Around February. Saludami? Saludami. Saludami. Whatever that means. Shout out to Alexis on uh, on the Mexico, on the, on the, on the other side of the wall. <laughs> kidding. All right. Anyways, let's get back to the Q&A. Around early February, we were hanging out one night, and he got really drunk. He normally doesn't get that drunk. He started awkwardly confessing his crush and telling me how much I mean to him, etc. I thought he was just messing around, but he said the same things the next day fully sober. I told him that I'm not interested, and he didn't look very upset. On Valentine's Day, we were on our lunch break, and I told him that we needed to talk. I told him that I really thought about his confession the other night and wanted to tell him something important since for Valentine's Day. He panicked and asked if I'm serious. I said, yeah, and he wants, and asked if he wants a kiss. Everybody knows that it's the oldest and lamest trick in the world, 
but he fell for it hard and he got so excited. He was actually about to kiss me, but then I pulled a Hershey's Kiss chocolate out of my pocket and offered it. At first he didn't get it, but then he understood. He didn't speak to me for the rest of our shift. I told him to lighten up, but he straight up ignored me. When he text when we texted later that night, he was giving me one-word answers. I personally think that's an overreaction. After that day, he stopped hanging out with our friend group and barely texted anybody. Two weeks went by and our friends got really concerned. I told him about the incident and they started roasting me hard. I've never received so much shit for something so little. He hasn't talked to me at all since that day. I'm pretty sure he forgot about it by now. So am I the bad guy? Yeah, you are. It was a mean prank. You can't do that to guys. You actually you can't do you can't do that in general. You shouldn't. You shouldn't do that in general. It's kind of a mean thing to do, uh, especially on its Valentine's Day. The guy confessed his love for you, and then all of a sudden you're gonna play with this guy's heart with a little bit of va- it's Valentine's Day. It's that made up holiday by the fucking Hallmark companies, and you're gonna you know do the little Hershey kiss thing. And t- I thought a lot about what you said, and you went all that route. And yeah, he doesn't give you one word answers. He knows. He now knows, and since you played with this whole thing and uh, you're playing it off like it's no big deal, it was a big deal to him. It was a big deal. You broke his heart, and now he doesn't want to talk to you. And right now he's trying to do what he can to avoid you, to avoid you. He wants to, he, he wants to move on. His heart's, his, his little, his little heart is broken, and you're playing with it. So guess what? You know what's going to happen? You're going to see this guy about six months from now. He's going to be jacked and shredded. He's going to be jacked and shredded, and you're like, damn. He's going to want nothing to do with you. Or he's going to anger bang you. Or he's going to do the same prank to you. And quite frankly, you're going to deserve it. I won't endorse what he'll do, but you're going to deserve it. I'm sorry, but what you did, you play with a guy's heart. You shouldn't do that. You really shouldn't do that. Women do that all the time for the free booze and stuff like that. And it's just like, that's a mean thing to do. Guys shouldn't do it either. You know, the hit and run. I don't, I'm not, I'm not a fan of that. I'm not a fan of it. I've grown up, sort of, and uh, that's not something you want to do. It really just, you got to be on. Like I said, honesty. You want it right from the get-go. You got to be honest. And quite frankly, is it really worth your time to be doing the hit and run or playing with somebody's heart? It's just a mean, it's a mean-spirited thing to do. So I'm sorry, uh, little gal, but you fucked up. All right, let's get to the next Q&A. Ooh, that's mean. Sweet. Should I warn my pregnant girlfriend uh, I'm not going to co-parent if she doesn't give our baby up for adoption? I'm kind of freaked out about my girlfriend's unplanned pregnancy. She was planning to have an abortion, but she backed out. Now she is saying she can't go through with it and will have the baby and give it up for adoption. I think this is all due to her mom working on her emotions. She should never have told her mom, and I am secretly mad she did. Even though they are very close, she should have kept this to herself. I am not ready to be a father and was very clear on that to my girlfriend. I'm worried she will change her mind again and keep the baby and I will be stuck. She's really emotional and confused right now, but all I can see is that she's going to ruin our lives because our mom stuck her nose in where it belongs. How do I support my girlfriend through this pregnancy, which I want to do while I'm still making it clear that I'm not on board with being a father? I will pay the child support for 18 years, but that's all I'm willing to do. I'm not going to be a father to a child because we got drunk and had unprotected sex one time. Should I lay this all on the line now? Waiting to see if so. Okay. Um, I will get to um, Alexis. If you want to hang on for about three or four minutes, I will actually finish the podcast with the answer to your question. In the meantime, as far as the pregnant girlfriend thing, co-parent, and you don't want to co-parent if she doesn't give the baby up for adoption. Okay. Well, 
I there was a joke that Dave Chappelle had in his thing that if if she does have the baby, you don't have to pay for it. Um, I'm kind of in agreement with his thought process. Still a dick thing to do. She doesn't want to give the baby up. Okay, fine. That's her choice. She wants to have the baby. And quite frankly, if you're going to pay for it, all right, fine. If you're not going to be a good dad, then we don't want you there. We'd rather have a community of people and a family supporting the child than having you there simply stating that you don't want to be there. Fine, then leave. Get out. I mean, at this point, I would rather have an intact family. I would prefer there being an intact family in order to raise this child. You don't, some of you really don't fucking understand how important it is to have a two-parent family there. It really matters. It really, it makes all the difference in this child's life. The examples you're setting just by being together. And you know what? I don't know what your problem is as far as, maybe you're, yeah, nobody's ever ready to be a father. Whether it's through uh, natural birth or you just showing up and dating a baby's mama and be like, oh, hey, kiddo, well, hey, I'm here, so let's go play catch. Either way, nobody's ever really ready. You got drunk one night and you, you let one off in her. Whose fault is that, stupid? That's yours. You did it. So now you got to suck it up. Be a f- I mean, personally, I think you should need suck it up, be a fucking man, and be there. Okay? Yeah, the hardest parts are, are the early stages where the kiddo is there and doesn't really know how to think or walk or talk and doesn't know what the, the idea of making a mistake or lying is. It's your job to teach it. And who knows? Maybe you'll actually be a good dad. You won't know unless you stick around. You say, and you you don't. And here's the thing: you can't be going and, and, and guilt tripping her, her into having the baby uh, uh, given up for adoption. You can't be doing that. You can't guilt trip this person. She's going through. First of all, it, it's partially her responsibility. It's also partially your responsibility. Okay. Yeah, she let you uh, in her, and you know what? Now she's got to deal with it. That's her problem. It's also your problem. So if you two, if she's going to have a kid, you should strongly consider being around and helping out. It'll actually be much easier if you are around and are a loving, caring person, not only to her, since you apparently, you haven't said anything about not wanting to break up with her. You never said anything in this whole thing about breaking up with her. You wanted to be with her. Okay, be with her. But just, you got a kid too. Make it work. Why not? What else are you going to do with your life? Besides, I'm willing to, I will pay the child support to 18, for 18 years if I don't have to deal with this fucking kid. Okay, well, not now when? Or ever? It's not hard. Moms want to be moms. So let them be moms. And then take care of the mom. And if you take care of the mom, the mom will focus on taking care of the kid. You can support, there's more ways than you would think in supporting what you would call a family. But it starts with you being there. So why don't you go that route? Start by being there and see, just give it a shot at least. Maybe I shouldn't shit on you as much. Give it, a, at least just give it a shot. Give it a shot by being there and setting up uh, you know, the environment conducive to having a healthy kid. And then look at your scenario for how much time you can allocate. And then let her understand how you are feeling in a more positive light. You're not ready to be a dad. I get it. You're going to be. Whether legally or lovingly, you're going to be one. And quite frankly, you can't put the guilt trip because that's going to be on her mind the entire time and start blaming her. 
She's going to start blaming herself for what she did. And then that guilt is going to transfer onto the child. You can't do that. We have enough of that in this world. That's why we're in this shitty situation that we're in. You need to be there for the kid. Or if not for the kid, be there for the mom. And that will translate. The kid will see that. That's how people make good decisions, by having examples set for them. So take that into account. All right. Uh, I was going to have one more Q&A, but Alexis on the Facebook.com uh, slash POS Sarcasm had a question for me. We're going to finish on that. He sends the question, he or she? I don't know. Can't see. Too far away. Anyways, what do you think about the situation that the planet is experiencing with respect to the coronavirus? Greetings from Mexico. Well, first of all, hello, Mexico. Um, okay. What do I think about the situation the planet is experiencing? Well, look, this virus, this is not the first time that we've had a pandemic. All right. We, this is, but it is the first time we've had a pandemic with this much media coverage, with this much reaction from the stock market, with the current administration in office. But I'm not going to talk about that because we don't talk politics. The fact is, is that this thing can kill you. The fact is, is this, this virus, which I stated in the beginning of the podcast, can travel from one person to another relatively easily, okay? It's freaking everybody out. Is a legitimate thing. I don't know what it's like in Mexico, but I can tell you where I am and where in not far away, this thing is a, is, is a, has been a noticeable concern, okay? It's been officially identified in my state, okay? And my thoughts to you, if you are in a situation where you don't have to deal with many people, I would wait 60 I'd wait 60 days and just watch the market. If you want to watch anything, watch the stock market. Watch the stock market and see how it responds. And the longer you watch the stock market, if it starts to go up and it starts to creep up at things like And my advice to you, if you want to follow uh uh news, if you want to follow the news, my advice to you is go on to YouTube and look up Philip DeFranco. Philip DeFranco is the only actual news source that I actually trust to deliver me, de- deliver me what I at least, only what I need to know about the current events, especially revol- resolving, revolving around the coronavirus. Yes, the coronavirus is legitimate. There are plenty of other viruses out there that are, are issues and health and wellness things that are legitimate. This is real, okay? If you have respiratory issues, if you, has, if you have respiratory issues, if you're older, if you have health concerns, yes, this can be a serious problem for you. And you need to take that into account. And also, you spreading it. You're responsible for your own body. So you need to be responsible for where you put that body so that you don't get other people uh, in, in health trouble. So yes, it is, it is a situation. At this point, like I stated in the beginning, it is, it is an issue regardless of how serious the virus it is. It's easily contagious. You need to keep in mind that you can be responsible for spreading it too. So you can't do it. All right. I, I already talked about it for like 10 minutes in the beginning of the podcast. But yes, you asked the question, so I wanted to at least relay it again. It is an issue. You need to be aware of it. And you need to um, distance yourself from people and just watch the American stock market and see what it does. And when it starts to level itself out, you'll know that things have dissipated. And just watch the biotech companies and then go on YouTube and subscribe to Philip DeFranco. And he will give you a quick 15-minute rundown of everything that you need to know. But yes, I mean, long story short, it is a concern. It's very much a concern. Italy is in complete quarantine. There are soccer stadiums that are being compla- that are being played that are completely empty. So, 
Uh, we are at an hour and three minutes. Uh, cool. Yeah. Another one in the books, folks. Anyways, uh, shout out to Wild Tonic. You guys are delicious. Go to wildtonic.com. You can also hit them up on Instagram. Shout out to Aroma Joe's, my current uh, dose of uh, caffeine on a daily basis. You can find me on Instagram at positive underscore sarcasm. Thank you, Alexis, for your questions and comments today. Uh, you can find me on facebook.com slash POS sarcasm. Go to my YouTube's, YouTube channels. If you have questions, concerns, comments, or you want to support this podcast in any way, shape, or form, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate or email me directly, positivesarcasm at outlook.com. And if you want to subscribe to this podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Spotify, CastBox, and Podcast Addict. I'm available all over the globe, with exception to the Chinese filters, who will most definitely not be digging this one. Anyways, I want to thank you guys for listening, watching, subscribing. Thank you for all the questions and comments. I will talk to you all next week, streaming live from the Spare Parts Studios. This has been a Positive Sarcasm presentation.
To support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Once again, positivesarcasm.com slash donate.